with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Call with that. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Stand. What up, night fans? It's Tuesday, November 20th. UCF, for the second year in a row, has clinched the Eastern Division in the American Conference, which means another year without a conference championship for arrivals over to the West. And I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF will be hosting the American Athletic Conference Championship game two Saturdays from now, December 1st, 3.30 p.m. We've clinched it. Yeah, I'm glad it's not at noon like it was last year also. 3.30, not quite as tough. We did it. 10-0 this year, 23 in a row. I mean, I, I can't believe the season's almost over. and We got one game left. And then we're playing for our Peach slash Fiesta Bowl. I can't believe we're talking about this again. Like in the beginning of the season, you know, we talked about what are our chances going to be of going undefeated, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I, I thought it could happen, but I, I can't believe we're sitting here and we're that close to a second. We're one game away from two straight undefeated regular season. It's unheard of. Yeah, I think when we first started the game or when we first started the year, I think I, I want to say I did like a 10% chance of us going undefeated just because it's so, so hard. It, it doesn't matter who you're playing or what your schedule is, you know, to win one game, as we found out in 2015, to win one game, like, it's really, really tough. So 23 games in a row, it's it's unbelievable. You know, like we've said a thousand times before, just enjoy it. But yeah, let's... Let's get to the game here in a second. The first thing we got to talk about, though, is the epic turnout that was college game day in Memory Mall on campus. It was insane. I mean, do you see that aerial photo? Uh, I mean, I know if you rewatched it, they had you know the Skycam video, but there's one picture where like there is not a single foot of like unstepped on grass. It was just the whole part of Memory Mall there where the whole footprint for game day was set up was completely covered in people. Did they get an estimate on how many people were there? You know, I haven't seen anything. How do you even estimate that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how many people per feet. When you're I thought like... it was I thought it was crazy though that they kept like going to there was an airplane that kept circling around and I thought it was crazy that they kept going to that camera on the airplane for a wide shot of the crowd. And I feel like I've watched game day a lot and I haven't really seen them do that that much because I don't think they this has to be a record. Like, there's no way any other school brought that many people, that many signs. Like, you were just covered anywhere you were. If you were in the pit or you you were anywhere near the stage, like, you were just covered in signs everywhere. Yeah, the pit sucks. That I, I mean, you know what? I tried my best. Yeah, I you got a, you got a little bit of a story about the pit. So I I was going to camp out there with you all night, but I had a feeling it it just wasn't gonna be. A good time so let's hear about it so i got there at midnight and i was still like 60th in line and then at about 6 a.m they start to actually let people in the pit but the line ended up being like wide so i kind of like was able to kind of shimmy my way around people and get up maybe to like 30th or so but by the time i got past security i ran up to the front row and it was already at least one deep at the entire front row 
was like, all right, this can't be that bad. I should still be able to, you know, see myself on TV. But the problem was, is they had this like plastic strip covering all these wires or all these cables going along the whole front fence. So the people in the front row not only had their signs up in my way, but also were standing above me too. So after about an hour, which was, I mean, they let us in at six and after about 10 o'clock, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I was tired. I wanted to sit. It got really hot really fast. It did. Yeah. I was in a friggin' jacket and my jersey and jeans and the cold went away. I couldn't see. It was, it was, it wasn't that fun, but you know what? I tried my best and it was really cool to be that close to everything. But you know, from going into the pit, there weren't that many people there when I did. And when I got out of it, it was like, holy crap. Like there are so many people here at memory mall. It was just an insane day. Probably started drinking a little bit too early, but it happens. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I got out there at about 6, 6.30, I think. Uh, definitely saw my sign on TV maybe three or four times. A couple of full shots of the sign that I like. I haven't rewatched the show yet to get a good picture of it, but maybe when I do that, I'll, I'll tweet it out or something. A couple of other things that I thought were pretty funny. You know, all the talk about being respectful and being positive just during the week. The first word out of Herb Street's mouth, like the whole crowd just like <laughs> erupted and booing. And it's really funny because he he talked about it too, or he at least acknowledged it. Like we are definitely in this guy's head twenty four seven. It's just so funny, I think. I mean we kinda calmed down later on, but Yeah, it definitely subsided, but I mean how are we not going to boo the guy? I mean, yeah. don't talk bad about us. No. couple other things, too. How about that kid on that two-minute segment where they're in the student union interviewing people, and everyone had real nice positive stuff to say. And there's this one little dweeb that says, oh, well, maybe we should lose. I don't think we're a top-four team. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Did they put his name up there? Uh, his name is, you know, I don't even want to say it. His name's yeah, Little. Yeah, let's Dwe- say let's save him. His name's Little Dweeb. No, I already posted his Instagram. His comments are like <laughs> insane. But you know, you can think whatever you want about us. But if you're on an ESPN interview, don't say anything negative. It doesn't matter if we're zero and twelve. You gotta show your support for the team because now it looks like you know we've got some fans that aren't all the way UCF fans. You know, I I just it's not a good look. And yeah, I sent the kid a DM. I'm like, you should really apologize and. Kid's like 18. He's just like standing on his ground. Yeah. We've all done dumb stuff before, so. Whatever. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, don't do that. So. A couple other uh, highlights of the show. They had a pretty cool piece on Mac Loudermilk. He actually went golfing or went to the driving range with Maria Taylor, who's the ESPN. Oh. Oh, hey. <laughs> the ESPN interviewer. I, I actually completely missed this part. This, this must have been when I left and like needed to sit down somewhere. Okay. Yeah, it, it was just a cool little piece. They just showed him golfing. You know, well, he, <laughs> he was te- he was te- trying to teach her like how he does his little golf swing oh, celebration. Did he thing get like and- behind her and do the? No, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't like that. Oh, here, let me show you how to putt. <laughs> but I thought I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I can't remember ever a time of them being a segment on a punter. Yeah. No. You know? Definitely. Well, I mean, he's you know he's. He's definitely got his uh, his whole character thing, and everyone knows it. So that was neat. But I think one the my one of my favorite highlights of the show was how about the airtime for Anthony Allen? Yeah, the the stairmaster, former guest of the show, former guest of the show, Anthony Allen. 
They referred to him as the Stare Down Kid. Yeah, I think that nickname caught on, and yeah. my Stairmaster didn't. But it was a good try. So the Stare Down Kid, they had a, they had him on the intro first of the show. He was like, like the full, end of the intro, fully yeah. zoomed in, like just on him he doing the like stare. The, he was in the Coke Zero pit or whatever. Then he gets a full one-on-one sit-down interview with Maria Taylor, which I mean, the kid isn't he like eighteen? Yeah, he's a freshman. Like I. I give him props because you could tell he was like super, super nervous. But <laughs> I give him props for like just being up there. It, it's incredibly nerve wracking. I mean, you're on national television. You're, was that, you're was it live or pre? Oh no, it was live. Oh, like, dang. he was sitting. Yeah, oh. he was sitting at the Pizza Hut thingy. Okay. I think. Yeah, and it was a straight up live oh, national I didn't, TV I didn't interview on ESPN one on one sit down. So mad props to Anthony. Yeah, they good, also had him. Good for him. They had him on the game, too, during the broadcast. They found him in the crowd, and Herb Street and Chris Fowler were talking about him. He was, like, taking selfies with people. and I mean, he just got, like, an insane amount of airtime that day. So That's awesome. This guy told good, him. Good I, for him. I said during when I was interviewing him at first, I'm like, your life is going to be completely different. Like, for the whole rest of your life. Yep. Your, your life's changed. I, I hope it keeps going. He, again, he's a freshman. I hope he just keeps staring. You know, for the next yeah. four, keep, four keep not to doing six anything. Years. You're doing it really well, dude. Yeah, I mean, they showed him on the jumbotron at the game too, and everybody went nuts. So, yep. whatever hypes up the crowd, I'm all for it. Yeah, definitely. What else? There's so much to talk about. How about oh, Lee Corso? Lee Corso. The, <laughs> oh man, he did some awesome things. Well, first of all, he said earlier in the week that uh, during a sit down with the uh, the mustache guy that does the radio. Forget his name. Jerry something. Jerry. Sorry. Yeah. Jerry. <laughs> I forgot um, your last name. I thought, I don't know. Jerry O'Neill? Jerry, yeah, yeah. 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 That sounds okay. familiar. He mentioned in his one-on-one interview, he's like, I'm going to do something that's it's a little different, never done before. And everyone was like, oh, he's going to do the Citronaut, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there's no way he's doing the Citronaut. Yeah. We wouldn't let him do that because, you know, every time we're on TV, we need to have our full branding out there for everyone to right. see. Using the Citronaut is just wasted opportunity to show, you know, either our UCF stack logo or Nitro or something like that. So I knew it wasn't going to be that, but I didn't expect the full Nitro. And by now, I was at Burger U watching it, and there was no sound. So they just showed Nitro, and I was like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> like they oh, put so our you mask- didn't even know that that was cool. No, I, I didn't understand what was oh. going on. And then later I figured out, I'm like, oh, man, that was epic. Like the unveiling. Oh, that. yeah, with the curtain like coming down and everything. I was on the other. I was kind of close to the big screen. Okay. So I couldn't see I couldn't see him in person. I was just like watching on the big screen. Yeah. But anyway, that was one of the coolest things. That was awesome. And it just the crowd erupted. Another cool thing that corso did or said that i was gonna I, say I don't, know, I don't know if everyone caught this i didn't catch it live i've gotten through the first couple minutes of game day re-watching it he said shit on live tv wait what was it what was he saying now so they they were all talking about how we were number one in the collie matrix poll last year and they were talking about some teams that didn't win a national championship but uh, in the past decade that were number one in the Kali Matrix. I think 2011, Oklahoma State. Then another year, it was like Notre Dame. Really they, trying to debunk our national right, championship right. claim. And Corso turns around and looks at the crowd and he says, these people don't give a shit. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, one thing, though, they didn't mention this, was that the Kali Matrix was just one part of our national championship claim. you got to remember, 
We were the only undefeated team this year, and we beat the team that beat both teams in the national championship. Right. So I think that we have like a threefold. and I mean, we could get into other stuff later, but there's three good reasons, and it was kind of like a perfect storm of you know a, an opportunity for us to claim the national championship because if there's another undefeated team and they you know obviously made the playoff I don't think we would have did that and it just ha- so happened that you know the team we beat in the Peach Bowl beat both teams in the national championship so I think it was all three of those things and they didn't talk about that at all no but the Kali Matrix is the reason we're in the record book so right. whatever anyway uh, they Lee just the man. yeah <laughs> they're just trying to stir up controversy. But so I think the biggest question that, that that we had coming into game day was who was going to be the celebrity guest picker, oh, and geez. you know we thought oh maybe Daniel Tosh we started thinking oh Mickey Mouse so I actually Dante got Culpepper. I got the full story behind this so the Griffins were the number one pick Seattle told them no. They said they didn't want him. Even though their game was over Thursday, they didn't want him doing the traveling and stuff, which I understand. I mean, football's first. It's not their bye week, you know. Right. You can't just go doing that. Second pick was Dante Culpepper, who apparently just like didn't answer his phone or call back or anything like that. So then they always have Maury, I guess, for whatever reason. He's just friends with all those guys. So the only other person after those two people, Maury Povich. I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even know he existed, like, as a quote-unquote celebrity anymore. Well, apparently his show is still on. Oh, it's, like, I still mean, running on TV. I, I guess, I mean, was, isn't it on? I only remember watching it when I'd be, like, homesick from school. And it's yeah. on at, like, 10.30 a.m., so I guess only people that don't have jobs watch it, which actually makes a lot of sense because the people on the show don't look like they have jobs either. So, Maury Povich, I think... When they announced that it was him, like, going into a commercial, everyone around me just had, like, the biggest WTF look on their face. It's the most random thing. Like, <laughs> I honestly, I think people, did people boo or no? I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't back there. I don't know if it was right when he got on or right before he was on. People started chanting, Jerry, 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 <laughs> like, for Jerry Springer. That's hilarious. Honestly, if it was Jerry Springer, I... I think that would have been better. That would have been better, but Maury Povich, well, anyway. Asante Samuel, he was there, and didn't they have him on game day? They showed him. Showed I don't him. think they talked. They didn't talk to him or so anything. Couldn't they just be like, oh, someone find Asante? Like, I don't know. I don't uh, know. What You know what? I was mad about it at first, and it's like, honestly, I don't care. It didn't take anything away from no, it. No, it's so just the, kind of funny. Still, like... He did pick UCF, though, well, and he pulled he pulled the... <laughs> He pulled the, the UCF envelope. card like out of the envelope. I guess on his show, he does like paternity tests and yeah. stuff. It's like you are funny. not the father. Yeah, he I said tw- UCF, you are the winner or something like that. I, I tweeted. I said you are not the guest picker. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know what? Whatever. I mean, that was like maybe the only. I don't even want to call it a blemish. Like just the only thing to remotely have anything negative to say about in an otherwise completely perfect day. Oh, yeah. So it was great. With that, let's talk about the game. You know, there's actually a game. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We could have spent the whole podcast (laughs) talking about game day. But anyway, I think to wrap it up, I I think they really did have a lot of fun doing game day here. And I think they were all very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. At, you know, how beautiful our campus is, the fans showing up. Yeah. You know, just. Everything. The whole thing. I mean, how could you not love us? It was great. And rewatching, I've I've kind of just skipped through it, but rewatching it, we look awesome. 
on TV. I mean, from, like you said, the amount of fans, but also just the showcasing of the campus. You know, I think we're all skeptical of that placement there, but it turns out we kind of had to put it there in order to fit all the people that were going to be there. Right. And you could still see all around everywhere on the different camera shots. It didn't really hurt it. If anything, it it enabled that we could get the most amount of people there. Because if it was somewhere else with it facing one way on a corner, that eliminates half a memory mall. So some of those long shots, if you look at them, are really neat. Just seeing all the way down people. So it was great. You know what else was great? The game. Us winning. (laughs) Cincinnati goes down. UCF wins 38-13. to The first thing I got to say again, the fans, the crowd was absolutely electric. The second largest crowd in Spectrum Stadium history. Only second to the 2009 Miami game, which kind of isn't fair because the stadium held more people back then. They put in the like the cabana seats. Right, and there was no cabana seats, so really, I mean, I can't think of a time that it was louder and it more was, rocking in that stadium than it, Saturday night. It was incredible, and like how awesome is starting off the game with a delay game and then a false start penalty? It was so loud. If you haven't rewatched it already, go on watch ESPN. And watch just the Skycam angle because it doesn't have the announcers. And you can hear how loud it was. I mean, it was just unreal. You can't hear the refs talking even. But, I mean, yeah, I, as you can tell, I completely lost my voice. It's about half back right now. <laughs> but it was that was just so cool. And then, you know, to come out, obviously, we start off the game with that fumble in the end zone, which stinks, 6 nothing. But after that, will we score like 38 straight or something? I mean, it was never close. We played amazing on both sides of the ball. It was just perfect. It was a perfect end to a perfect day here at UCF. The defense especially stepped it up big time. Now, we've said on previous shows that, you know, a lot of other people are really complaining about the defense. We weren't so critical on the defense. The Cincinnati quarterback, he's only a freshman. So we got in his head this game, but I think in the years to come, he's going to progress and yeah, he'll be pretty good. He definitely has potential. But imagine if you're him in that kind of setting, on that kind of stage, with that much at stake. Right. And, uh, I mean, they play in the American. Like, what other American team has the amount of fans? And no, There's no other atmosphere like UCF's atmosphere. in the American Conference. That's that word yeah. I was looking for. Not even close. <laughs> so, I mean, he's probably used to paying in, tw- in, in front of, you know, 25,000, 30,000 fans, half full stadiums. Not here. And with this much at stake, I, I can't blame him for, I guess, necessarily not delivering. But you're right. He, you know, he does look like he has some potential and will probably be a problem for us in the coming years. My defensive MVP this week definitely goes to Joey Connors. Bit oh, the big right. man out in the middle. The field goal block had a sack and a fumble recovery. Yeah, he stepped it up big time. I thought you were going to say Titus Davis because... I could have I could have given it to Titus Davis too. Brent Brent three sacks. Titus Davis and Brent, a fumble recovery. Eight American Defensive Player of the Year or Player of the Week. Sorry, Brendan Hayes also had an amazing game. I heard his name being called all night. He had a big fumble recovery right before halftime since he was in the red zone about to score. Yeah, um, Jasinski. I mean, had that big hit. Obviously, still some woes in coverage, but that hit was awesome. Yeah. That, um, 
It, keep your head up, though, man. It was kind of scary oh, looking. Oh, yeah. But, uh, that was pretty scary. But, um, you know, but that all, was awesome. All in all, the defense held Cincinnati their lowest point total of the year, 13. And half of those were from the fumble recovering the end zone. I mean, right. they only scored one one real touchdown. That was pretty much garbage time anyway. Yeah, it was towards the end of the game. So, I can't, I mean, we're, we're really good. And this was a statement win on primetime with all the talking heads watching, and I didn't see a single negative thing about us after on Twitter. All it was was, like, the main guys in national media saying, like, whoa, UCF's actually good. Herb Street tweeted, said, you know, he'd have us at seven right now. When it mattered the most, we stepped up big time, and I couldn't be more proud to say I'm a UCF fan. Yeah, the defense, too, was prone to giving up some big plays earlier in the year. Not tonight. Not that I can remember. There weren't really any, like, big play is given up everything was pretty contained we did let the quarterback run around a little bit but I think that was all because of good coverage yeah this is good good coverage sack or whatever so defense way to go you guys really stepped up big time let's carry this momentum on to next week oh baby (laughs) so let's talk about the offense yet another game scoring over 30 we dropped 38 on them that was the most the Cincinnati defense has given up all year uh, is 38 points. How about Adrian Killens? You talked about it last week. I think last week and multiple weeks I've talked about Adrian Killens getting into space, you know, doing those little, like, screen pass, wheel route, something. Whatever you want to call it. Getting him the ball out of the backfield. This was a season high in receptions this year for Adrian Killens with four catches, 82 yards, two touchdowns. This is his game. And this was also a season low in rush attempts in a game all year. He only had five carries. The SMU game, he had 20 carries. A lot of people on Twitter and Facebook have been talking about, you know, they don't like running killing straight up the middle, you know, because he only weighs like 160 pounds. Hypo finally getting him the ball in space. You saw what he did. He can catch the long ball. What was that touchdown that he caught? in the end zone, the, the diving. diving. That was like 30, 40 yards so, or something. Yeah, and I mean, that that's not an easy catch. No, you know, and no, he's not, not at all. Not saying that he can't do this, but I think that catch is a little bit easier if you're a wide receiver, and that's what you practice doing all the time. Right. I mean, that was just an incredible catch, full extension right there in the end zone. And it was actually good coverage, but McKenzie put the ball a little further where only he could get it. He just blew right past him, dove out, extended, and that was awesome. And his other touchdown, you know, it was basically a shovel pass. The air yards was nothing. Yeah. He, he basically threw it like underhand, kind of. If you watch it, it again, shouldn't even count as a passing. And touchdown it was like almost. it was like forty yards at shake and bake. He made two defenders miss and yep. ran right up the right up the sideline. There, it just no one could catch him. I, I mean, I remember distinctly last week saying, Killens, I love you. He's a really good running back, but he doesn't need to be running up the middle. And Heupel finally listened play. to me yeah. Saturday night, and look what happened. So, well, Heupel obviously listens to the show. And then uh, on top of that, you know, the running back distribution was almost even between Taj and, you know, Greg McRae too. I know Otis had a couple carries, and then I th- I think he hurt his ankle. His mom said he was in a walking boot after the game, but that might be precautionary. So, you know, we're not sure. But I guess maybe allegedly he has an ankle injury. I don't know. But I hope he gets better. I think he got a concussion the week before, too. So, 
It's a good thing about having a ton of, of uh, depth at running back, though. Another thing that I really loved and I talked about last week was the misconnection between KZ and Trey Nixon. Oh, yeah. I feel like all season long, they've just been like a step off, a half second off. Yep. And he connected with Nixon for two long bombs. One of them was a touchdown. And the other one and was— And really, both of them were just go routes. I mean— Uh-huh. And the, uh, and the second one was in like blanket coverage by the defender. But again, KZ just put it exactly where only Nixon could catch it. And he got tackled immediately. I mean, the defense was great, but it was just that perfect of a throw— and you've been saying it before, man. They've just always been one step off, and they finally were on the same page exactly tonight. Yep, so we got the momentum going. Let's bring it into next week. All around, a amazing win, an amazing weekend. That was a, I can't believe That was it, the man. longest day ever. I mean, I, we didn't get back to the hotel until like 1 in the morning. Yeah. And we got I, to campus at 6 a.m. I was so. on campus for 24 hours. Um, yeah, it was just insane. Yep. So, so. anyway... All right, well, let's talk about that game. I guess while we're here, don't forget, if you still haven't bought a ticket yet, go on SeatGeek and use promo code UCFPROBLEMS for $20 off. There's still tickets for about $30, so you can get your USF ticket for just $10. Again, that's SeatGeek.com, promo code UCFPROBLEMS, all one word. I would like to say there's been a couple of you that have sent me questions trying to use the promo code, and it's not working. You do have to go under the filters tab and check off the box supports promo codes. There are a few tickets that don't support our promo code. I didn't see any of the cheap ones, but if you just check that box, you're able to look at you're able to look at tickets that you can use the promo code and there are plenty of $30 to $40 tickets left. Correct. And also the promo codes for new users only. So be a new user. Okay, anyway, oh, one other thing that people have been asking are what are the official UCF sections? So we sold tickets in 132 in the lower bowl and then 228, 229, 230, and 231 in the middle section, but we're going to be everywhere, especially on the visitor side. So I'll be in 122. I'm, actually, I'm... Oh, great. Well, <laughs> I'm behind the field goal post, like the right side of it, so leaning toward USF side, but more in the middle of the end zone. So are um, you on like the ship side or the not ship the side? The not ship side, the south side. Okay. So I'm facing the ship. Because I'm, I'm in 137 with a bunch of people. That's at the third, we're at the 30 yard line. Close to ship the ship side. Yeah. I think we're like row two or row three. Yeah. Well, you'll see me. We bought them like mo- months ago. Yeah. And I only uh, paid like $40. Yeah, I think mine are in the front row. Our, ours were like <laughs> 60 I think. But now in that section, the cheapest one I think is like 180 or something crazy. Yeah, but anyway, look for me in the south end zone uh, front row. I'll have some kind of obnoxious sign, and uh, I'll be cheering. Anyway, all right, where do we start? USF, losing again. <laughs> they say, and, I saw Started 7-0. and Lose four in a row. I saw something funny posted by a, a USF fan, actually. They said, the war on I-4, and it's like, you know, 1-4. He's like, ironically, our record in the last oh, yeah. five weeks. <laughs> USF fans are not happy. No, they're not. And they have zero confidence whatsoever. And- I, I've been looking at a few of their pages. They're all just, like, hating on... I mean, you lo- you just... To go from 7-0 and and then lose four in a row, like, so demoralizing. Yeah, and then I don't know if you heard Charlie Strong today at the press conference. He's like, yeah, our team has no confidence. <laughs> he's coaching for his job, I think. I think he's checked out, honestly. Why would you want to coach at a school where, like, 
No one shows up to the games. They don't have even a practice facility. They practice on an empty field by, by campus. Like, Yeah. I don't know, but uh, it's crazy because, you know, when we went to school or, like, just before we were in school, before we built the on-campus stadium, like, that could have been us, you know? USF yeah. could be us. They could be they us. They could have built an on-campus stadium. They could have gone undefeated. They, you know, they could have done all this and— we could be them right now. And they still had some good seasons where they almost, I mean, you forget they only had what, one loss when we came to play them last year on Black Friday. But I'm thankful we're not them and everything worked out. Well, because we're the best and they suck. You got to remember, I mean, they, they for a couple of years, they had some really good years in the Big East where that stadium was packed. I mean, we're talking like almost 50,000 people. Yeah. Uh, I think Upper it was, Bowl, too. I think it was sold out the first UCF-USF game I went to there in 07. But, and I've talked about this on Twitter quite a bit. Their president, when the conferences were realigning in like 2011, ESPN went to the Big East and was like, we want to add, I think it was UCF and one other school, maybe TCU or Boise State or something like that. And USF's president, who I won't say her name, she was completely against us and blocked it. And it had to be unanimous by the Big East. Instead, what happens, the Big East ends up falling apart. They lose their automatic BCS bid, and it turns into the American Conference. Back then, there were six BCS conferences. Now, there's technically only the Power Five because the Big East turned into the American. We got a bunch of leftovers, and they lost our automatic MY6 bid. So thank you, USF, for that. I don't feel bad for you guys at all. No, they messed it up. So anyway. The game. (laughs) The game. Well, first, I want to talk about USF hate week for a little bit this is a tradition that i don't really know who started it but it seems to be on all social media platforms every this is rivalry rivalry week for you know pretty much rivalry week god i did another another elmer fudd (laughs) i did this last week too this is rivalry week for pretty much every school you know we got alabama auburn iron bowl fsu uf with their noon kickoff on saturday but it's hate week for everyone so it's fun to participate in, too. Yeah, so anything you got against them, if you need some dirt, you know, send a tweet to Sean. Yeah. <laughs> to Sean. He's got plenty of it. I got a bunch but of stuff up my sleeve still. For any, co- any co-workers that you know that are USF grads, make sure you, like, really rub it in that, you know, we won 23 games in a row, that it's we're South, better in South every Florida's, way. South Florida's in West Florida. There's so much stuff. Their stadium has red seats. They can't fill it up. They don't have an on-campus stadium. You could just go on and on. Uh, so Mike, anyway, Mike, a uh, little a uh, gif of Mike Hughes never fails. Yeah, have fun with it, especially when you're on top. You know, like we are or we have been the last few years. Yeah, because it, it hasn't always been this way, and it's no. You know, there was a point. I think weren't we zero six versus them or something, at one point. Yeah, I mean, we had. I think 2013 might have been the first year that we won. Yeah, we OCS started off zero and six. We'd never beat them, so like they didn't even like they didn't even say or consider us to be rivals. They used to say, "Oh, it's not a rivalry if you never guys win." Like this is the kind of stuff we had to put up with. So yeah. I don't so feel now bad turn, about it. rubbing it in their face at all anymore. And another thing they did too was after 2009, they actually stopped playing us as a rivalry game because they thought they were better than us. So we had a three-year period where we didn't play them. Then, obviously, when we rejoined their conference and division, we started playing them. But they used to think, like, they were on another level. At least now, it's like, hey, we're in the same conference. No, it's an, abso- it's an absolutely true story. They put out a statement and said that they were looking for better competition or something. Yeah. And, and that they didn't want to play us anymore. So hey, that's all right. Who's got the last laugh now? All right. So 
As far as the game. Yeah, the game. What are, what are we looking out for here? So the game, we have all the momentum, and they have nothing right now. They're so you deflated. Know, I don't understand. Usually when in a rivalry game, you know, no matter how bad the underdog is, they always, like, get up for the game. They should, yeah. And but I don't I don't see how they they get up for this one. I, don't I know. mean, they lo- losing four in a row. They're playing for nothing. They're in a bowl. They can't even mess up us winning the division. The only thing they can mess up is our chance at an NY6 game. Yep. So if I'm their seniors, that's what I'm posting about. Like, I do not want to hear about another friggin' Peach Bowl where they beat Auburn. Right. But I don't know if I don't know if they got it in them. So the line for the game currently is UCF minus 14. So UCF a two touchdown favorite against USF. The power ranking suggests that it should be minus 17. So you're getting a field goal's worth of value. Plus, we've got home field advantage. Pretty I feel much. Like. What, do you, what do you think? Let's go back to this real quick. What do you think the ratio is going to be of UCF to USF? I think for the first quarter, at least 50-50. Yeah, I mean, because you got to remember, they do get about 20,000 at their games, which is less than half of what we get. But there are USF fans, and you've got to figure that being the rivalry game, there's going to be people going to the game that don't normally. Right. But after the first quarter, I think we get up, and they just slowly start leaving. And, and then in the fourth quarter, it's all, just all black. All black, all bottom <laughs> bowl. I can't wait to see this, man. That, that picture will just be like my background picture for everything for the rest of my life. An right. all-black Raymond James Stadium. Well, we owe it to him. You know, in 2007, I don't know if you, some of you remember, but we went to that game at Raymond uh, James. That was awful. UCF, USF. I think they were ranked. We weren't. They were ranked, I think, fifth. It was the second game of the year, and I think we had just— They were ranked— The third. The third game of the year. We had just lost in a heartbreaker to Texas. Yep. And then we went on the road, talked so much trash, you know, because we almost beat Texas. <laughs> talked so much trash, and they they smoked us, man, 64-12. to 12. It was embarrassing. It was. I've never been to an away game— you know, getting stomped on that bad. That it was, was bad. Oh, real bad. I'll never forget. That was horrible. Just, you can't say anything. Nope. You can't nothing. say anything. I mean, they <laughs> there stu- was not a single positive thing to say. They they were bringing that up like six, seven years later. Still. Yeah. I mean, even to this day, it's that's still hard to forget. Me. But so at anyway, least, at least we owe them. We owe them a beat down like that. It might as well be this year. Yep, and you know, just like our home games, remember, you got to be loud on every single down that they have the ball. Let's show them what a real home field advantage should sound like. Yep. So, a couple of key things that I'm watching for in the game, as far as USF, the quarterback Blake Barnett, he's thrown 11 interceptions on yeah. the year. He looks like Boomhauer from King of the Hill. Did oh, you really? see that no, meme? I haven't seen it. Oh, man. <laughs> so, anyway... Oh, Eleven interceptions is a lot. I feel like that's the most a quarterback facing us has thrown. Yeah, only has eleven touchdowns. So, if you remember, Navy didn't complete a pass or they had, they or had three attempts. Have a they turnover. Were for three, yeah. So, our defense has had a pit. I think the first couple games, you know, we had at least one or two picks. No picks in the Navy game. No picks in the Cincinnati game. Definitely do. Especially USF is very turnover prone. They're sloppy. The Temple game last week, they had five turnovers. And on top of that, they blew a huge lead. They suck. They're done. We're going to beat them by 40. They blew a 17 to nothing lead 
against Temple to lose their fourth straight. Yeah, I'm, that's what I don't understand. They Their fans are against them. The coach isn't for them. The, I mean, they have nothing going on. Yeah, definitely. When but co- we don't need to let our guard down. Nah, well, I, I mean, as fans, we can say whatever we want. Our team is going to come in, focus, just as energized, just like we were last week. No different. We're going to bring them our A game, and we're going to put a beat down on them. Yeah, so back to that Temple game. They really shot themselves in the foot. They were up 17-0 over Temple. Then they give up a fumble return for a touchdown and a punt return for a touchdown. Their defense, though, they did hold Temple to only 73 rushing yards. So we might need to do a little bit of an air attack. But first of all, I think USF is like, like number 120 in the country in rush defense. Really? Yeah. I was all right. So, yeah, well, so, I know Temple ran all over us. So. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, Temple got down. That means they had to throw, probably. We're going to be fine. We are going to be USF fine. does return a couple of starters from last year that I remember. Tyree McCants, who was their number two receiver last year. Now their number one guy. He was the guy who scored on the opening drive the, where he dragged Shaquan Burkett into the end zone. Not a fan. Let's of remind him of the final score. Yeah. And <laughs> then Mitchell Wilcox. The tight end, you who you might remember on their final drive, fumbled, and then he cried on national TV. I'd cry like a too. Bitch. I would cry. You would cry. <laughs> too. You just blew the, like the biggest game of your career. You blew it. Sucks to suck. Yeah, no, those are a couple guys coming back. That's quarterback. So didn't he? He was like a five star. Went to Alabama. Sucked. Transferred to what? Like Oklahoma State. Sucked. Transferred again. So. USF's getting like sloppy thirds here for quarterback yeah, and guys all over the place. Whatever. I mean, come on, looks like Boomhauer. <laughs> anyway, anyway, another key note: a kicker again for the second week in a row. Remember last week I talked about Cincinnati's kicker being horrible, and oh, what do you know? That like, was a moose key to the game. <laughs> yeah, he started off hot in that game too, missing two field goals and well, and getting one field goal block, missing another, and then missing the opening extra point. Then getting laid out on the on the ki- on, <laughs> on the, the uh, field goal the- <laughs> block, but by, by I believe Joey Connors, who hey. that was the second that was the second time Joey Connors one up for you, man, because you you laid out somebody else. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was on a SM- punt. I think it was an SMU. It's on a punt return or something, but you just like annihilated some guy. And- Dude, if, if UCF <laughs> defense gets a turnover, keep your head on a swivel Watch for ninety one. Seriously. So anyway, yeah, this kicker. Kobe Weiss on the year he's missed three extra points which the extra point in college is on like the two yard line it's pretty much impossible to miss well he made anyway anything's possible when you go to USF he also has not made a field goal longer than 38 yards I feel like that's not that far so maybe watch (laughs) maybe watch out for them trying to go for it on fourth if they're in that gray area yeah definitely I'm trying to think of other stuff you know I don't think it, it, we're gonna be able. I think we're gonna be able to run the ball. I think we're gonna be able to pass just as easy. Uh, not much to talk about on the UCF side to me. What, do we what do run think? up the score though? Yes, I think we do. I don't. Heupel's like not a run up the score kind of guy. But. I know. Well, at least cover and the spread. him being this is his first year, so like hating USF like really isn't like entrenched. No, in him not. yet. But he he needs to be. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Like if it was Frost again, like that was Frost's first year when. You know, they, they scored a touchdown. USF scored a touchdown on, like, te- the two-yard line, 10 seconds left. Oh, they all, all they had to do was kneel the ball to end the game, and instead they rushed it, I think, on, like, fourth down or something yeah. like that. And 
not only did it, it was unnecessary, it freaking covered the spread. Yep. I lost everybody. Which, like, the one, like, I wasn't that mad towards the end because, like, USF had a better team than us that year. We were only 6-6, six and six, or we were 6-5 and five going in that game. I didn't expect to win. I mean, I wanted to, but, like, I wouldn't have been surprised if we lost. And then we were pretty much losing the whole game. We scored a touchdown late. I'm like, all right, at least we covered the spread. You know, I'm going to make some money. And then that happens, and it's just like, no. It was just, like, the worst feeling. Oh, God. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? But anyway, see, I won't mind if we run up the spread or run up the score on him this game. Few keys to the game on the UCF side that I found really looking for Killens to stay involved much more like he did in the Cincinnati game. More receptions, less running. You saw what he did, you know. Give the man the ball in space. Yeah, create separation. Lights out. Him. And also, we didn't see Marlon Williams at all in the Cincinnati game, which I don't, I don't know. really know what to think of. But well, anytime I'm- he gets in the game, I feel like. He's you know, a pl- he's, made, he's a playmaker. Yeah, he is. I, you know, it's tough. When you've got so much talent on offense, you can't give everyone the ball every game. And I think game-to-game game plans change. You know, I think Snelson was hurt at one point, so we had to use Marlin and then Otis in the slot. So we'll look for him this game. You know, being a rivalry game like this, I have a feeling they're going to really mix it up with, you know, spreading the ball around. But we'll see what happens. I have a small prediction, too. I predict a pretty cool trick play. You know, you something so? like that, Quadri Jones, something like that. But you think, I mean, why waste a good trick play in a game where we might not necessarily have to? I'll uh, just troll him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm I'm down with that. All right. So we talked about USF last week. Is there anything else in the Power Six that matters? I mean, so pretty much, you know, we're in the camp, we're in the conference championship no matter what, and it's coming down to Memphis versus Houston this week, right? Yep, it's a Friday game. It will be over by the time our game starts because it starts at noon. Oh, cool. Memphis and Houston. This is at Memphis. Uh, Memphis minus 7.5. Quarterback De'Eric King for Houston is out with a knee injury, I Yeah, think. he tore his meniscus. So, unfortunately for him, I mean, he's probably going to miss most of next year, too. That's like one of the worst knee injuries from so, what I've heard. As much as I don't want to see Memphis again, I think think they're going to win, man. And it'll Especially, be UCF Memphis for the second year in a row at the bounce house for the AAC championship. We'll, I don't know, man. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. So, Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're going to get there no matter what. So it's just a matter of who we play. I think we'll be fine either way. I And I, I agree with you. I think Memphis is going to win because they're at home and their home field advantage is good like ours too. Mm-hmm. It sucks for Houston. You know, they're having a good year. Derrick King had like 50 touchdowns. At least we know we've seen Memphis. Exactly. We we know know what's going on. Stop Henderson. Yeah. Houston, I was a little nervous about all year. So, yeah. And it's not in our control, though. Right. So we'll just worry about USF. We'll see what happens Friday and and move on from there. What about other games across college football? Only one real big upset, right? Yeah. Oklahoma, unranked Oklahoma State beat number nine, West Virginia. Ohio State barely, I don't know how, but survived. Against Maryland, fifty-two, fifty-one. But yeah, that wide open two. They you know they went for the win just like West Virginia did a couple weeks ago. They went for two after scoring at the end and just missed the guy wide open. Yeah, tough break. But anyway, Ohio State sucks. Yeah, Notre Dame, maybe they're for real, maybe they're not. Maybe Syracuse wasn't real. But anyway, Notre Dame beat Syracuse and our second favorite team, the Pittsburgh Panthers. 
beating Wake Forest 34-13. They have clinched their division and will be playing in the ACC championship game against Clemson, where anything can happen. We'll be really big Pittsburgh fans, because if they beat Clemson and they win the ACC, I mean, that has to be our best win of the year by far, right? Yeah, definitely. And on top of that, I mean, if they beat Clemson, I feel like you got to at least have us in the conversation for oh, the yeah. Final Four. Yeah, I mean, come absolutely. on. Absolutely. Come on. I mean, because we, abs- we didn't just like squeak by them. We beat them by like 35 points. We destroyed them. Only one team ahead of us lost, West Virginia. But we actually moved up two spots in the AP poll because everyone finally, I think, agrees that we're better than Ohio State. Yeah, we jumped Ohio State in the AP, now ranked number eight and tied with LSU. And we're number nine in the coaches poll. We're recording this before this college football playoff rankings come out. And I do believe that we will be number nine. I I agree. West Virginia will be below us, and then I think Ohio State stays at 10. I think we jump Ohio State, which we get jumped all the damn time. And finally, I think Ohio State, even though they won. Ohio State's proven week to week that they're just not a good football team. No, they're not. Since that stomping by Purdue, the 29-point loss, they barely beat Nebraska, didn't have an amazing game against Michigan State, and then they only won by one point against Maryland, like, it's a joke. They they're, they're not a top 10 team. And as, even though we kind of need them to beat Michigan this week, they're going to get destroyed. What's the spread on that game? I don't know. It's got to it be at least two touchdowns. But anyway, so the big games this week, not in the Power Six. Number six, Oklahoma takes on, I don't know where West Virginia is going to end up. <laughs> but we're hoping West Virginia can beat Oklahoma. You got 18 Washington against number eight Washington State. We're rooting for Washington. And then you got Ohio State and Michigan. Honestly, at this point, it's going to take a lot. With only two weeks left, it's going to take a lot for us to, to hop up into the playoff. But you know what? Anything can happen. But at this point, I'm just really, really excited to be division champs. And, you know, we're going to be playing for a spot in either the Peach or the Fiesta Bowl. I can't believe it. All right, let's move on. Let's do our swag of the week. So I forgot to do the poll last week because I was too like nice. excited about college game day. Uh, so no winner for last week, but this week I won't forget. Moo, what do we got? Who are our nominees for this week? Our nominees for this week are Lee Corso for sporting the full Nitro outfit, which is awesome, instead of just the head. We have our second entry was also, again, Lee Corso for saying shit on TV. Also awesome. <laughs> and then Mackenzie Milton for saying we're better than Notre Dame. If you didn't see that little clip, I think he was asked about Pittsburgh and Notre Dame, and he said something like, oh, if you look at the tape, you know, there's no way that you could say that team referring to Notre Dame is better than us. And I completely agree. I mean, if you watch our game versus Pitt and watch their game versus Pitt, we looked like a way better team. But whatever. KZ with the swag. Now, should we condense it to just – Lee Corso for saying shit and also sporting the Nitro outfit because I don't want the shit to get lost because I mean it's probably <laughs> gonna, the vote's probably gonna get the Nitro outfit but I don't want the shit to get like lost in that yeah okay I'm down right. with that all right cool it's so, either Lee shit Nitro or <laughs> KZ we're better than Notre Dame cool all right so I'll, I'll actually remember to put that poll up and we'll see who wins the second swag of the week all right now we've got our Fab Five. Best college game day signs. We need some intro music for Fab Five. What do you think? I don't know. 
What's that, Rocky? Done. All right, cool. Obviously, there were, I mean, there were more signs, probably at least 20 signs I saw and actually like laughed out loud at. Oh, for sure. We really, really. We can make this the like Fab 1000, really. We really brought the creativity, but. We're already at a very long episode, so we're just going to pick five. <laughs> if yours isn't on here, honestly, it's because we couldn't remember all of them. There were so many good ones. And again, in no particular order, this is just, you know, five that we, we liked and remembered. So start it off. UCF scores faster than an Alabama fan at a family reunion. All right. <laughs> Not in any we particular all order. At, we all laughed at that, that one. That might be the best one, but no particular order. My first one, Luke Fickle. Wasn't it smells like a pickle? No, it's Luke Fickle is a pickle. It was a giant sign. It had a pickle on it, and then just the face of Luke Fickle on like one end. That's their quarterback, right? No, it's their coach. Oh, even better. <laughs> no, wait, their quarterback had a similar name though, right? Was it Pickett? Ritter. Ritter. Desmond Whatever. Ritter. All right, those all kind of the same. There was um, a lot of fickle pickle jokes, like Luke Fickle likes a pickle. He is a pickle. Yeah, I thought a, he was. He is a pickle. That's the best. On, that's a, the best on a side note, they're rumoring him to be Urban Meyer's successor if he leaves. Or when Urban Meyer leaves Ohio State this offseason. Well, I think he was the defensive coordinator for yeah, Ohio State or all, something. All signs are pointing to Urban leaving. He's already starting his medical BS uh, issues and crap yeah. like that. He's he's out of here after what happened this year. No peace. Anyway, all right. What's the what's your next one, Moo? Oh, this was the meme of Bad Luck Brian. I don't know if you guys know what that looks like, but it had Scott Frost's face. It was like you in elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) It had Scott Frost's face on it, and the top says, finally gets a P5 job, dot, 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 loses to Troy. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty awesome. All right, next one. Jameis Winston makes better decisions than the college football playoff committee. Self-explanatory. Guy doesn't have the best judgment. And that is a committee, so I like it. And the last one, I had a better sign, but the committee didn't let it in. This is the committee not including anyone, a.k.a. UCF. Yeah, I don't think you have to explain it. Oh, well, I did. (laughs) And again, there were so many good signs. We couldn't put them all in here. Those are just five that stuck out to us. But A-plus job fans with the creativity. It was just awesome to see all those signs there in the crowd. All right. Let's move on to our favorite segment. Oh, man, I don't know if I can do this. Money moves. <laughs> Picks of the week. No, you didn't do it. But anyway. All right, guys. Money moves. Picks of the week. Last week, not my best week. One win, two losses. Uh, we won outright underdog winner Oklahoma State over West Virginia. I've been riding Oklahoma State a lot this year. They've, they've, they've been, been good to me. Yeah, they've been really good. The two losses were UConn. I didn't want to bet UConn, but for some reason I did, and I lost. And the last one was Syracuse. Big letdown against Notre Dame. But anyway, still have a pretty, pretty, pretty good record. Oh, yeah. 23-16 and 16 overall, 59%. You know, the so-called expert Chris the Bear Felica on College Game Day, posted his record. You know what his record is, Sean? What? 16 and 16. Ooh, so he's 500? Overall, overall season record for this guy. <laughs> Money move, 23 and 16. You know who else is 500 on the season in picks? 
You're looking right at him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I admit I suck too. And honestly, because UCF season's been so good, I haven't really been paying attention to the NFL at all. I have not. I barely remember to, I barely remember to set my fantasy lineups every yeah. week. I, I just don't care. So here are the picks. First pick, we're going to go with, this is a money move favorite. Been picking them for a while, all year. I think I've picked them three times. Yeah. We're, we're going to take the Pittsburgh Panthers plus six. At Miami. Oh, I thought you were saying because you picked Miami three times. Oh, yeah. Too, well, no, lost. I lost every one of those. So, watch. They'll probably win this time. Shh. No, no, no. So, anyway, Pitt, I think they're going to use this as a tune-up game for their game against Clemson the following week in the ACC Championship. You know, they're a much better team than when we beat them 45-14. Oh, yeah. Miami, 6-5, and five, and their best win is Virginia Tech, who got stomped on by Pitt. You know, Miami is a joke. They haven't played anybody. They beat Florida State by one, beat North Carolina, Savannah State, Toledo, FIU. Like, come on, this, this is no one. And they also have zero home field advantage playing in a in the Dolphins NFL stadium. Yeah, they, and they suck. Their fan base is very fair weather. Pitt needs this game. Like you said, a tune-up game. And, again, Miami stinks this year, and they really have nothing to play for. So, I like this pick. I would look at the money line, but definitely take Pitt plus six. Yeah, the money line's almost two to one. I might I might get a little bit of action on that. Why not? Pick number two, we're going to go with UCF minus 14 against USF. I'm pretty much repeating myself here, but USF, I don't know how they're going to get up for this game. They lost four games in a row after starting 7-0. and the stadium, it'll be absolutely packed with Knights fans, and I basically see this as a de facto home game for us. I mean, USF, they, USF at home, they beat UConn 38-30. <laughs> they, they only beat UConn by eight points. And when you think about that, not even just how much we beat UConn by, but just by the fact that UConn is so bad, they're actually going to give up the record on defense this year for the most yards given up or any team ever. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. And USF's defense, like you said, their average points allowed is 31. I think we're going to drop 50 on this defense. Easy. However, this is their Super Bowl, and I think their entire season. Yeah. You know, I mean, they could. So I do see them putting up a fight, at least for the first half, but I think we put it away in the second half. UCF goes to 11-0 and on their way to the AAC championship game. My score prediction is fifty-two to twenty-eight. A couple of garbage, garbage time touchdowns for USF. The end. I think um, it's like fifty-two fourteen. Start of the fourth. Forty-nine to seven. Okay, I like I like that better. But yeah, I think I was. Pre- I don't remember what I said last week for Cincinnati, but I think I ended up being kind of close. I, I think, think I said like forty-nine forty-five. I, think I said like fifty-five to twenty or something. I don't know. Anyway, pick number three. We're going to go with Memphis, minus 7.5 against Houston. Memphis playing at home. This will be for the West Division title in the American, and the winner of this game will play UCF in the bounce house December 1st. Memphis playing at home, they thought they were down and out. They had three conference losses early in the season, but here they are with a chance to get into the AAC championship game to face us. I said before Houston will be out, without their starting quarterback, Derek, Derek King, 
that went stinks. down with a knee injury. And Ed Oliver, their top NFL draft prospect defensive lineman, could be out also. He hasn't played like the last three or four games. He has really no incentive to play. No. I mean, he's going to be a top five pick. Why risk hurting, you know, getting hurt anymore and possibly losing millions of dollars for every draft spot you go down? Now, as much as I don't want to see Memphis again after the heart attack they gave us earlier in the year, I think there will just be too much for Houston. Take Memphis minus seven and a half. You know, I was at that Memphis game, and that home field advantage was real. And that stadium wasn't even all the way packed. It was rainy. They had just had a heartbreaking loss. Not even heartbreaking, just a bad loss to Tulane. It looked like their season was pretty much over. That stadium wasn't even that full, and it was still really loud. I can't imagine how loud it's going to be for this game to get them in the conference championship and a fourth chance at beating us in the last 14 months. I'm really sick of playing Memphis, but <laughs> at least we're 3-0 it's against It's always them. a good game. Though. I can't imagine how sick they are of us, honestly. For sure. All right, so what were the three picks? To recap, the three picks were Pittsburgh plus six against Miami, taking UCF minus 14 against University of West Central West, South, Central, wherever the hell they And Memphis, minus seven and a half against Houston. Let's get that money. All right, time for my NFL locks of the week. Change it up this week. I got three picks that I actually really like. Whoa. I got to climb out of the hole, man. I'm seven, seven, and one on the year. Three picks. All right, let's start it off. Pick number one. Got a little Thanksgiving action here for you. Take the Bears, minus four at Detroit. If you guys have been watching the Bears, man, they look good on defense. Trubisky is really coming, you know, finding his way here. He's a kind of a dual-threat quarterback, and he looks good. So I'm going to take the Bears. That's the first game on Thanksgiving, 1230. Bears minus four at Detroit. Wait, hold on. It, oh, it's at Detroit? Yeah. Uh, man, come on. Detroit, Thanksgiving, you know them people... Yeah, yeah. Oh, does Chicago normally play on Thanksgiving? I think they're one of the teams that kind of rotates. It's like, what is it? The Lions play. The Cowboys always play. Skins, sometimes. It's always a, it's always the Lions and the Cowboys, though. Yeah, and then there's what Falcons and Saints at night. That's kind of yeah. a random one, but whatever. Anyway, I I agree a little bit. Plus four, though. I don't know. Carry on, Johnson has been lighting it up recently. He has been good. I'm mad I didn't take him in fantasy. Yeah. The Bears seven and three. You're right. I saw I was watching their defense is the really game, good, Sun, man. Sunday night, Trubisky. He's a real deal. The defense is a real deal too. So Yeah. I mean it looks like they're gonna win that division. They just beat a really, really good Vikings team. The Vikings are a lot better than the Lions. So Yeah. But you know, any given Sunday. Anyways, or Thursday. Oh shoot. <laughs> any given Thursday. All right. My second pick, I'm gonna take the Patriots. Minus nine and a half at the Jets. Uh, I know another road favorite. I know you don't like those, but the the, almost double digit road favorite. The Jets are terrible. Their well, coach is almost on that. their way out. The Patriots are just coming off a bye week. This is when they really start to ramp it up. I mean, it's tough to beat them in November and December. We're coming towards the home stretch of the season. I think they're just going to come off and just absolutely destroy the Jets in this game. You know your record is seven and seven, but I'll I'll have to agree with this one again. I, I think the Patriots destroy them. <laughs> All right, and then my third pick, I'm gonna take the Jags. Minus, no, minus three and a half at Buffalo. My boy Bortles, I think he's gonna have a lights out game. I think they win this by two touchdowns. The Bills have Josh Allen coming back, but really he stinks too. 
So that's my third pick. Wait, at Buffalo? Yeah. It's going to be like two degrees? Negative two degrees? We're fine. How can you get up? This is a demoralizing loss. Did you see Jacksonville last? I saw it. They're fine. They're going to run the ball. Ground and pound, baby. All right. So. <laughs> Whatever. I think you just talk- you, you can't bet on the Bills. What's the spread again? It's three and a half. The game's going to be like six to two or something. Probably. <laughs> so it, hopefully it's the Jags with the six. All right. To recap, Bears minus four. Pats minus nine and a half. Really like that one. Jags minus three and a half might be a little biased on that pick, but those are my three picks. Use them if you want. All right, now let's get to some questions. We should change the name of this segment. Like, okay. It shouldn't just be questions. It should be like, I don't know. Congestions. We'll, we'll think about it later. All right, how about this? The person, Where are the questions? The person that comes up with the best suggestion for this segment I will. What will we do for him? I'll Venmo you ten dollars. I like that. Uh, yeah, you will get a personal Venmo with customized message from both of us. So ten dollars. Name name our question segment because you're right. We do need a name for it. Okay, this first one's from Carson Weeder. Can you remember a moment in the bounce house when it was louder than the first play of the game against Cincy? I remember the final seconds in 2013 against Houston being really loud too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I don't know if that was louder, but that was pretty dang loud. You know, it's tough to compare. Didn't someone have a decibel meter out for this game? I saw someone someone posted on one of the message boards or something, like a screenshot. I guess iPhone has, like, some decibel meter thing. I mean, they can do everything else. It was up to, like, 103 or something. What does that that mean, though? um, So, 103 decibels. So, 105 decibels would be... Similar to a rock concert or a helicopter. What I, band's I concert? I don't know. Uh, 110 decibels is a chainsaw or airport. And a little oh, under wait. that is hairdryer or lawnmower. So we're somewhere around there. Okay. I, I like that. Anyway, it was pretty freaking loud. We'll it was very that. loud. I don't, you know, to answer your question though, unless there's like an official meter that's in the same spot for both games, it's impossible to tell. They were both really loud, but that's the loudest I can remember it being. The energy was just awesome. Yeah. Hey, back to one thing, though. I was re-watching the game last night. They had a camera up in the... I think it was up in the student section or something, and somebody put a cup of water, like, on an empty seat, and it didn't even last. Like, they barely went to the camera before it fell off. It was, like, jumping up and down (laughs) the cup of water on the seat, and it fell off. That was crazy. Like a little jumping bean. Yeah. Yeah, that place was rocking, man. Even Herb Street posted something about it on Twitter. Uh, how about this next question from Sam Johnson? Does UCF have an honest shot at making the college football playoff if we get a single-digit ranking on Tuesday and big upsets the next two weeks? Well, first of all, say we're ranked nine like we think we're going to be. That puts us five spots away. So I think if there's maybe two or three upsets ahead of us, We'll be in the conversation, but... The thing is, there's only two games left. Yeah. And for some people, there's only one. Yeah. Notre Dame only has one game left because they're not in a conference. They're not probably, they're probably not going to lose it, so you can't leave out an undefeated Notre Dame. I mean, I hope Clemson loses, but I don't think they're going to. I hope Alabama loses, but I think even if they do, they're still going to make the playoff, probably. It's going to be tough. Um, I'll just be happy if they even mention us 
like in yeah. that final ranking show, if they're like, you know what, we talked about UCF. I mean, at least just pretend because, you know, last year, you remember, we didn't get higher than 15, I think. We ended up at 12. Yeah, after we beat Memphis in the Conference Championship, we were 12. And that was too far to be in the conference. So we still have two weeks to prove ourselves. You know, we got to go out there and slam USF and then slam Memphis or Houston, and we'll just see what happens. Yeah, hope for some other losses. Kind of backing off that question, though, this is from MD Knight 2016. Would you be disappointed if we were the higher-ranked team in our bowl game? He's obviously talking about the Fiesta Peach Bowl. I don't know if I'd be disappointed. You know, well, I'd kind of be proud a little bit that we were the higher-ranked team, but it, it'd be it weird. depends, like, if we were... Well, I mean, if we do play Florida in that, the Peach, they're good. they're not going to be ranked ahead of us. Yeah, and that's fine. I'd that's be okay with, with that. Me. I think, and I've been saying this all along, you know, the last couple of weeks. LSU is, I think, our most ideal matchup. They got a slow quarterback, you know, because obviously mobile quarterbacks have given us trouble, even on not good teams, and they have a good defense, which obviously I think we have the one of the best offenses in the country. So we match up really well against them. You know, their quarterback running is not going to be an issue, so I think we can contain them. LSU is ranked really high this season. Even with two losses, you know, they're still number seven. And this would be just another statement win against an SEC team. We beat LSU in either the Peach or the Fiesta. I don't think anyone can say we're not legit. You can say we're not a top-four team, but you can't discount our program. You can't say, you know, oh, Auburn wasn't motivated, LSU wasn't motivated. I mean, there's just not going to be any excuses left if that happens. I'd like to see us play Florida, too, but either one's fine. I don't want to play, like, Kentucky or someone like that, though. No. No. Or Washington. If it was, like, us and Washington State in the Fiesta. Oh, my God. I don't feel... Well, no, they'll they'll go to the Rose Bowl, I think, though. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Again, everyone gets all worked up over these projections. Literally, they have no credibility. What it comes down to is the Peach Bowl committee, who they decide they want to see in their bowl game. That's all it comes down to. My guess is as good as any ESPN writer, so don't get worked up because they change every week. It doesn't matter. I mean, the only thing that matters is if you know LSU loses, we probably won't end up playing them, but it's going to come down to whatever the Peach Bowl committee wants to do. And after how we showed up last year, I think they'll have a pretty hard time saying no to us, but we'll just have to see. All right, these next questions are from Ryan Mullins. First one, do you guys feel Randy Shannon deserves the game ball this week for all the defensive tune-ups he's made over the past two weeks? Um, Maybe not the game ball, but definitely I think the people that were calling him out on here on social media need to apologize. Yeah, I think he's done a good job. You know, when you change a defense, I've said this before, from a 3-4 to a 4-3, you're going to have hiccups. It's learning a new system. It just... These are none of his recruits. Yeah. Like, when did Randy Shannon get hired? Like, December? He had, like, no time. Yeah. So, you know, he's done the best with – and, you know, one thing you'll notice is, like, Titus Davis was one of our lowest-rated players the first few games of the season. He did not transition that well at first. These last couple games have been career games for him. I think that's just what happens when you're adjusting to playing a new position. I think Shane has done a great job. Game ball, I think, should only go to the players, but I'd definitely say he deserves a pat on the back. All right, and a second question – I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. How do you all feel about that lady that always complains about the noise in the bounce house? Felt about the noise versus Cincinnati. Susan. Sorry, Susan. So we don't actually know what her name is. We just kind of coined the term, the name Susan. I just made it up. I made, uh, it, I made a meme. <laughs> That's like the, honestly, that might be the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. 
Because I could have called her like what, Becky or like Teresa, and I think I, it doesn't have the same ring. But I, I would have hoped that people would still run with it. Anyway, so um, if somehow you aren't aware of the situation, there's someone that lives in Carillon, which is kind of back behind the stadium. Actually, like, I thought I think we like, talked about it last week. It's behind Chevron. Oh, okay, she sent a she sent an email to like UCF community relations saying this was during the Temple game about like how loud the stadium is, and she thought like we turned up the noise and or yeah. we turned up the speakers. We turned and all up this. the noise as yeah. the fans. So everyone, like, the whole week was wondering, like, oh, I wonder what the Susan lady is going to say, <laughs> you know, for this game. And all I can all I can see on, on social media and everyone talking about how loud this game was. like It must have been a lot worse than the Temple game. We have not heard, especially how late it was. I mean, it, it was, was really, Saturday it was night. Pretty uh, maybe late. she was out clubbing or something. I don't know. Susan in the club, <laughs> bottle full of bub. <laughs> she, yo, you think she... <laughs> She was in a club. You think she complained to the DJ about the noise? Oh yeah, <laughs> turn it down. <laughs> anyway, um, that whole thing is really funny. I'll um, be looking out for any anything that she posts. So she posted on that next door app where like old oh, people complain okay. about their neighbors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to register, but like I didn't know a Carillon address. So oh, I'm sure out. I'm sure people have been looking for it. So I'd like to see a, a reappearance from Susan, but that would be hilarious. All right, I think that's it for our questions. Anything else you want to add? I just got to throw this in here again. I can't say it enough. Guys, if you are on the fence about this USF game, oh, should I go? I don't know. There's only two games left. This is an undefeated season, our second in a row so far, hopefully. There's no excuse not to go. If but, you're... like, why would you not go to the game? It's on Black Friday, 99% chance you're not working. Especially, It's not at noon. It's at 3.30. A lot of people don't get an opportunity to go to away games. You know, when I was in college, I had to take road trips to get to them. This one's right here almost in our backyard. It's actually really cool going to different stadiums. Another awesome thing, they serve beer in the stadium. They do, so be careful cuz you know, if you tailgate like you did, if you guys tailgate like you did on Saturday and then keep drinking at the game, I don't know, it might be You talking to me? Uh, I'm talking to everybody in that <laughs> state. Everyone in that stadium was yeah, well, yeah <laughs> was <think> there. Oh. <laughs> they were there. Hey, you were too. So I was there. I. That was. Uh, I was half there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, just go. I mean, geez, the tickets are ten bucks with our promo code. Yes, you please. can't not use it. So go. It's gonna be an awesome time. Uh, I'll, I'll plan some kind of after party type thing too. I also have a tailgate going. So I mean, this is just gonna be so much fun. Tampa's an awesome city too. You got casinos, good strip clubs. I mean, you can really make this into a fun day if you want to. Yeah, I mean, well, 3.30 games, I usually just like pass out right after. <laughs> you know, it's that weird time where you like try to rally. Yeah, you know? it's like yeah. not that late yet. Like you feel like it's like 11 or 12 and it's yeah. like 8 o'clock. I'm just done. I'm like old now, so yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. just fall right on the bed. That's it. <laughs> it's definitely going to be a fun time. So come out, be loud, wear black. And, you know, like I always say, Saturdays are for the boys, but Fridays are for the nights. So go nights. Charge on.